Hey everyone, we want to welcome you to the Floater Founder Podcast. This is a Toronto-based podcast featuring local founders across all markets. We are your hosts, Samantha Lloyd and Lyson Casey. We are going to be bringing you interviews with exciting and hardworking founders. They will be sharing their experience creating and leading a company. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone, you're here with Floater Founder. I'm your host, Samantha Lloyd, here with my co-host, Lyson Casey. Hello everyone. And today we are super excited. We are at the office of Common Skew, also right next to the office of Right Sleeve, and we are speaking with Mark Graham, who is the former founder of Right Sleeve, which was recently acquired by Genumark, and he is the co-founder and chief platform officer of Common Skew. Thank you so much for that uh, great introduction. <laughs> it's great to be here. As we're super excited to get to have you. I've worked with uh, your Right Sleeve team um, during my day job at Two Cows and with Floater Founder, um, and it's always been a joy. You have a wonderful team over there, so excited to learn more about it. Yeah, that's awesome, and thank you so much for all your support. So tell us, what is Right Sleeve, and how did Common Skew come out of that? So Right Sleeve is uh, the company that I started out of my parents' house right when I had graduated from university. This was... Uh, I think I was about 22, 23 at the time, and kind of fell into the business uh, at the time. And, and the business is a promotional products agency. So for people that don't know about promotional products, it's the business that produces products with logos on them. That's a very basic description of it, but people listening to it are probably like, oh yeah, I've probably got a logoed shirt somewhere. Um, and Right Sleeve really grew up to be a company that was very much at the creative, cool, fun, modern side of that business and really went out of our way to uh, identify with clients that loved branded merchandise, that loved swag, uh, that uh, really got excited about receiving these products and that gave us a real jolt of energy and we were really lucky to align ourselves with customers that valued that medium, two cows being a great example of that. Um, where Common Skew came from is that as Right Sleeve was growing, this was maybe about 10, 15 years ago, um, the business was growing rapidly and we were running into problems with organizing the business from a workflow perspective. The promotional products industry might seem like it's fairly basic, like I'm providing you with a t-shirt with a logo on it. In many respects, it is rather basic, but from a workflow perspective can become a complete uh, cluster, so to speak. Uh, very quickly because you have lots of clients, you have lots of suppliers, you have lots of logos, you have lots of different product SKUs, and managing all that became a real, real problem. Um, so we decided to invent, or I shouldn't say invent, uh, we wrote our own custom piece of software about 15 years ago as an internal solution to this problem. And we got a fair amount of attention for this um, within our industry and sort of the outside press. And we had people that were coming to us saying, tell us about the software that you've built. And uh, a light bulb moment uh, went off. And we were like, I think there's an opportunity here. We looked at the market and then decided to spin off that piece of software from right sleeve to sell it to others in the promotional products industry. And that became Common Skew. And that was about uh, eight, nine years ago that we launched that second business. And uh, it's been a real journey and uh, we've had a ton of fun along the way. Yeah, that's a really cool story. Um, so if you can talk a little bit more about how you went about and actually got the product built, kind of balancing your time between your other company and now starting a second product. How did you source the team? Was it internally from uh, right sleeve or, or uh, did you uh, outsource talent? So when we first started, uh, it was an internal tool only. And it, we had one developer 
that was working part-time for us. And that, uh, that was our staff for about the first four or five years of the product. Now keep in mind, this was when it was not commercialized, it was internal. So when we were making that, that transition to spin it off into a commercially viable piece of software, um, we had to go and rebuild the team from scratch because, and, and, and I must say that, that we were very naive at the time. We thought, how hard can it be to take this internal tool and turn it into something that will be multi-tenanted and commercially legitimate? Um, it was not easy at all. We had to basically start from scratch. So we had to start uh, uh, hiring a team that was experienced in multi-tenanted software and we rebuilt the entire platform from scratch. Um, it took us about, uh, I would say it probably took us about 18 months longer than we thought to get off the ground. Um, and while that was a very difficult period of, of, of the business uh, or in our business history, uh, at the end of the day, it was ultimately very informative. We learned a ton about how to build really good software. And at the end of the day, we were very glad that we waited that amount of time so that we could release a product that was um, that was stable. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then since then we have added uh, a number of other developers in house that uh, produce common SKU. That's great. And how do you go actually balancing the teams of two very different and separate companies? I think the answer to that is by really celebrating the uniqueness in each of them. Um, and, and I can tell you, I think at the very beginning, I don't know how good we were at that um, because the assumption was when CommonSkew first started is that, um, that the culture was going to be exactly the same as Right Sleeve. It was the same industry, same promotional products, customers. Um, but we realized pretty quickly that the businesses were pretty different and they needed to have um, different approaches. Um, what's interesting about selling promotional products is that the sales cycle is not that long. Um, a lot of companies already know they need promotional products. It's a pretty established industry. We can come in and we can sell an order of t-shirts and, uh, and promotional merchandise fairly quickly. In promotional product software, the sales cycle is relatively long. You're having to convince people that this is a solution they need. Um, and then they have to develop a relationship with you and that can take longer. So managing those two different cultures is something that um, we had to really finesse and uh, and spend some time working on. Cool. Um, can you talk a little bit more about um, who the target market for Common SKU is? Is it companies in the pro uh, promotional product space? And also, like, kind of what are the pain points that it targets for those uh, customers? So Common SKU is focused specifically on people in the promotional products industry. So uh, people exactly like Right Sleeve. They, uh, the reason we sell to them is because we designed this software specifically for someone like Right Sleeve. And when we first launched CommonSkew, we had this advantage that we could go out and say, we built this for people like you because look at us. As we look at continued growth, we may look at other markets that we can get into. Like examples would be the print industry has a lot in common with the promotional products industry in terms of their workflow. But right now, there's such an extraordinary opportunity in the promotional products industry globally that we still have a, uh, a, a ton of opportunity to continue going after that market. And is there anything when you were developing the tech that you had in mind that you were able to actually have your developer create? Or were there things that, was there a gap there where it was difficult to tell your developer what you knew that you needed for, for CommonSkew? 
the one advantage that we had was that since we had built the software um, internally as our own tool at Right Sleeve, we were very clear about the business logic and about what we needed in the software. And so even though I'm not a developer um, uh, from a background perspective, I also, I had, I made up for that with understanding exactly what the customer was experiencing. Um, and so now you might want to um, do a separate interview with our CTO who might tell you differently, but I think that I was able to, and, and I would also include Catherine, who's my wife and co-founder in this uh, journey as well, um, that we were very good at being able to lay out exactly what we needed and we could work alongside the developers as well as the rest of Right Sleeve to be able to say, no, this is not, this doesn't make sense for a user. And that feedback would go back to the development team that was literally sitting right beside us and they could iterate on that. Um, so while there were certainly, I, I think, a, a fair number of frustrations in building the software, um, communicating what we needed was, was not among them. That's great. Yeah, that's a definite benefit of keeping everything in-house too. Can you uh, tell me a little bit about what it was like to and what it is like to actually work with your partner and how do you guys keep your um, work life and personal life balanced? <laughs> I don't think we keep it balanced at all. I think it's uh, <laughs> it's totally woven together and integrated. Uh, but um, I mean, I say that jokingly. Uh, so I've uh, I've worked with Catherine uh, f- for almost the entire life of, of the two businesses. And so while I founded Right Sleeve, uh, Catherine came in to start working with me in that business in around 2006. And then uh, we've co-founded Common Skew together. So we've worked together for the better part of 15 years. Um, and I can tell you that I didn't, I didn't expect that I would ever work with my wife. I just always thought that that was something that wouldn't be me. And, uh, but we've made it work. Uh, Catherine and I complement each other. Uh, we have a very different um, skill set, very different personalities. And I think that we're able to bring those skill sets and personalities to the business uh, in, in a way that where we're not really stepping on one another's toes that often. Um, and we love bringing our work home with us, um, talking about what we've done uh, during the day uh, over the dinner table. Um, we're fascinated by what we do and by the problems that we're trying to solve. Um, it's very intellectually challenging for us and it's cool to be able to just talk about that in a way where you feel like you're solving a puzzle as opposed to talking about uh, things that are just the grind um, that's not really what defines our relationship so we talk about it a lot um, and it's a big part of what makes us I, I think a great couple I love that I love that it's so fulfilling for you guys to bring it home we're guilty of probably not <laughs> ever shutting off um, but we we like it. It's great to get to talk about what you're solving together. Yeah, you're never working if you're just having fun. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. I, I would say most of the time we're having fun. Maybe the odd time it's like, <laughs> oh gosh, this is this is a grind. But uh, yeah. And um, uh, would you like to talk about um, the recent acquisition that Right Sleep had by Genumark? Yes. So. Uh, Catherine and I uh, sold Right Sleeve. This was a uh, it, it was official about five weeks ago, um, so the beginning of October, depending on when you're listening to this. October third, twenty nineteen is when it happened, and we uh, we sold the business to Genumark, which is a uh, a very well respected, large uh, distributor, a national distributor across Canada. Um, we've known the Freeds, uh, the, the Freed family that owns the company or that started Genumark for many years. They're, in fact, 
uh, customers of ours on the common SKU side. So we really had a chance to get to know them. And if, if we go back a couple of years, we always knew there was going to be a time that we were, we were going to entertain selling right sleeve. Um, we had this other business with common SKU right sleeve had been around for uh, some time it was a very successful, healthy, stable business, but we were not involved in the day-to-day of it. Uh, me, um, I certainly wasn't uh, involved really at all for the last couple of years. Catherine a little bit more so, but we were overwhelmingly focused on the common SKU side. And so we knew that there was always going to be a time that we would um, look at selling this business. What was kind of interesting about the process as we became emotionally open to selling was that we wanted to really think about the right kind of acquirer. And uh, the right kind of acquirer had to meet these criteria. And some of the criteria were, uh, and this is well beyond just getting a good price for your business. Um, some of the criteria were, were they going to um, uphold and uh, um, uphold the brand, uh, keep the team on? Were they going to run it as a separate division or were they going to swallow it up into their business? And for us, we just, we knew that Right Sleeve was such a special brand and such a special business with such incredible people that we wanted that to uh, uh, to continue to live on. And, the, and a big part of that was baked into the value of the business. Um, so that was really important for us. And since, since the acquisition, um, no one's looked back. It's, it's just uh, business as usual. The team is really excited. There's been no change whatsoever in the right sleeve team. The Genumark folks have been uh, incredible and uh, have also just come in with a lot of additional services and support that they can offer right sleeve that we never had before. So it's, it's really been a wonderful um, uh, partnership. That's really exciting. And you both were emotionally open to it, but as you were putting that pen to paper, was there any kind of difficulties or second guesses? I, I, I suppose the right answer should be yes, there were second guesses, but <laughs> to be honest, no. Um, and I think the reason I say that is that we had spent so many years thinking about what this day would look like. And uh, Catherine and I always had this um, expression about how it, uh, about Right Sleeve. And the expression was that we, we were running the business as though we would sell it one day. And, and that was actually how the business was born like in those very early days, even though there was no intention of actually selling it, it was if we could run this business as though someone else could could purchase it and get value for it and could run it as a, as, as a standalone en- entity without the, the owner's um, direct participation, then that's a really healthy, exciting business. And so that, that I think for us just made it so much easier that we just knew it was time and we knew it was going to the right person and that the team would be taken care of and they would, they would continue to grow. And for me, that's the legacy. Um, so no difficulty at all. Um, right Sleeve and Common Skew are two very different businesses. Can you talk a little bit about what are the biggest challenges uh, in, in each? With Right Sleeve, I would say the biggest challenge there is continuing to differentiate within a crowded and mature industry and market. Um, I think Right Sleeve has done an incredible job over the years of differentiating within a crowded and commoditized space, but you can never rest on your laurels. There's always going to be someone that's going to, you know, crop up that's going to be doing something new and interesting. And so what that does is it, it creates a fair amount of pressure on that business to continue in, innovating. Now, if I was to spin that in a positive way, I would say that's an incredible gift because we love to innovate. We're curious people. 
creative people and we love that challenge. But the promotional products industry is, is a huge industry. There's lots of opportunity there to build a great business, but it's a mature industry and there's a lot of competitors and there's price pressure all the time. And that, that uh, represents a challenge for us to continue to be relevant in, in a crowded space. Um, Common SKU is almost the flip side of that. So the number of competitors that we have at Common SKU, I can count on one hand, um, not even. Now, the biggest competitor that we have at Common SKU is not so much another company, it's someone not doing anything. It's indecision, it's, it's not moving forward with anything, or it's Microsoft Excel. That's what our competitor is. Right Sleeve has got lots of legitimate competitors that would be more than happy to, to, to step in and do the business. And so when you have that opposite problem, your issue at Common Skew is how do you shorten that sales cycle and how do you educate and inspire a big segment of the market that has yet to upgrade their software and to move into the modern era when it comes to promotional products workflow. Um, Again, if I was to put a positive spin on it, that's awesome because for us, we see nothing but blue ocean. Um, but it's it can be challenging, certainly when you're when you're speaking to someone and it's a three year sales cycle and you're like, oh my gosh, like let's <laughs> come on, let's move on with this. Um, but you know, when you land that customer, you know you've landed them because you've earned their trust. And the great thing about the enterprise software business is that you're long-term value with a customer so long as you don't screw up um, can be years and years and years and years. Yeah. And uh, and that can be financially rewarding and emotionally rewarding. Um, and it's, it, the fundamentals of that business are just so different than right sleeve. Yeah. Um, but there's no question they both represent challenges. I was going to ask, I know that you, um, that you guys host a, a big event for your industry. Yeah. What is that like? So the event you're talking about is SKUCon. Uh, we have always been very strong believers in the power of community and connecting our customer base. What's unique about our customer base is that if you really look at it in black and white terms, they're all direct competitors of each other. Um, so uh, Right Sleeve competes with um, um, our, all the people that use CommonSkew, their distributors of promotional products, are, are competing with each other. And we have always taken this approach that a rising tide floats all boats. Um, that knowledge sharing and collaboration and community is something that's really, really powerful, particularly within an industry where it, it's so big. Um, the reality is, is there's so much business to go around that the people in the, in the room don't see themselves as direct competitors as much as they see them as people who can help each other. Um, the DNA of CommonSkew and the values that we really promote um, really, uh, really uh, make these gatherings really, really special. So we do we host SKUCon in January. It's right before a big industry convention called PPAI, and we attract about 350 people that come to the event. It sells out every year. Um, we actually just sold out our 2020 event yeah. uh, two months before, which is kind of nice. No stress on that. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, it brings together all of these incredible promotional products entrepreneurs into one room where there's uh, uh, knowledge sharing, there's uh, inspiring stories, and people just get so fired up by it. And uh, it's it's been a great, great part of our business. Yeah, it's really great. Um, so 
you were saying that one of the challenges is that, of course, you don't have competitors, but with that comes the the challenge of how do you educate your users um, to the benefits of your service. So how, how do you go about and, and do that in an effective way? So we have taken a very strong and bold content strategy and have invested a lot of resources into that. Um, I would include our event strategy as part of content. Um, but also big into podcasting, uh, big into blogging, big on social, uh, just in terms of sharing content that's going to excite and inspire people. I think that our customer base is, I think we were talking before we started the show, are, are looking to be inspired and are looking to align themselves with a, with a provider that they can trust. Um, for us, that has been one of the most significant sources of uh, BizDev. Um, and I hate to even call it that because it feels like it's, very, it's crass in that respect. Like we do content so we can do sales. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, it is a, a wonderful way of being able to build that relationship um, so that people are putting their, uh, people are putting their hands up. Um, content was also something that we could invest in uh, right from the early days that didn't require a massive budget. So um, content in the early days was done by me. And... Uh, I knew that when looking at the people, our traditional competitors that had far deeper pockets and they had big sales forces, I was like, well, they don't, they don't have the ability to do content like we do. They don't have the ability to speak like we do. So let's double down as much as we possibly can with our minimal resources at the time uh, in the, uh, to, to go deep into this area. And um, it, it really paid off for us. Yeah, that's great. I love hearing successful content marketing stories. And um, how about for running your podcast? How's that going too? Because running a podcast like Target's almost like B2B is very different um, than a B2C targeted podcast. So curious how that goes. Yeah, that we've had so much fun with it. Um, we we have been running the SKUcast. Uh, that's the common SKU podcast, SKUcast, uh, for the better part of three years. And uh, it's... For us, it's such a wonderful opportunity to learn uh, from other people's success. Um, it gives us an opportunity to celebrate the success of others in our industry. And I think we realize, I mean, it's not rocket science, the formula. I think we realize that if we could create a platform that would allow us to share the stories of success from others in the industry, whether they were on Common Skew or not, um, would be a winning strategy because others in the promotional products industry are hungry for those stories. Um, at the time when we launched the SKUcast, there wasn't really anything uh, in that was targeted on promotional products entrepreneurs. Um, even even now, there's not a lot of podcasts that are specific in promotional products. Um, but for us, it just it, it, it created this great platform for storytelling, uh, for trust building. And selfishly, it was wonderful for us to learn from all these amazing entrepreneurs that have these exciting stories. Um, so I started the podcast uh, in the early days. And then since when we brought on Bobby Lehu, who's our chief content officer, big shout out to Bobby. He's uh, incredible at what he does. Um, he now heads up the podcast and spends a lot of his time architecting that as well as uh, our other content efforts. Cool. And uh Going back to the platform a little bit, uh, how do you decide what features um, get added or changed? Is it whatever the customer wants, the customer gets? Or is it some sort of fine line formula? I think for us, when, uh, when looking at adding features, we have to be really careful that we don't create feature creep. 
and create an environment where the product became, becomes way too difficult to maintain, adds way too much technical debt, uh, makes it very difficult to train and onboard people, and you basically end up with a Frankenstein product. But I can totally understand how that happens because when you start adding lots and lots of customers, they're going to call you and say, well, our old system allowed us to do this. Um, could you just add that? And then to keep them happy, you go and develop it. But then you realize that that one little tweak only really applies to that one customer and not everyone else. So what we've done is the, the criteria that we use to, to um, uh, adding features to the platform is we always say, will this benefit the entire platform? And if the answer to that is no, we'll look at it and say, well, why is this an important feature? We'll usually go back to the person who asked us for this and we'll say, like, why do you really need this? And sometimes we'll find that it's just not really as important as they think. Um, but for us, if we're, if we're not building it for the benefit of the entire platform, we know we've got a problem. Um, that's the very basic lens that we use to look at this. But I'll tell you that when you have sales that's out there and they're, they're uh, speaking with prospects and a prospect is, they'll say some version of, I will sign up for Common SKU if you build X feature. And then you get the sales team that wants to land the sale and they come to the development team and say, we absolutely have to do this. And development will go, well, okay, I've got a million questions for you now. And sales is like, well, it's not that complicated, but dev is like, it is complicated because you need to spec this thing out within the organization. Um, I would like to say that we have been pretty disciplined um, and it's not fun to have to look back at the product and um, audit the product and try to tweak and hone it. Um, but I think for the most part, it's we, we've been lucky that we've been uh, pretty focused and, and strict about how we've developed features. He's yeah. like nodding as a developer over yeah. there. He's like, ah. <laughs> Whatever. It's like, oh, it's just simple. It's like, no, it's so much more complicated in the back. Yeah. yeah, so I would say that the main features are you have to be disciplined and, and, and make sure that it, it improves the entire platform and not just the one customer, yes. unless they're really, really big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think that what we've done is, so we've reached our, sorry, released an API that we're able to go to some of the larger, more sophisticated customers that um, want to do things that are beyond the scope of the platform. We can say, all right, knock yourself out. Now, in the case of the promotional products industry, you don't have a lot of customers that have the inclination or maybe the resources to go and do custom development, which is why they're coming on to something in common scoop because it can streamline their organization. But but some of them do and they can check that box and they can, they can uh, you know, go down that path. Alrighty, well, we are going to finish this off with a couple of just uh, questions about Toronto and things yeah. like that. Let's, let's call them the our consistent questions. Consistent questions. Oh, I was questions calling them are... fun questions, and I was like, wait, are my previous questions <laughs> not, not fun? fun? <laughs> so these are, these are kind of the questions that tend to stay the same with everyone, just to see the difference sure. in answers. Yeah, okay, there you go. I'm excited. So um, what is one thing that you think that Toronto has that no other city does? Ravines. Uh, what's a place in Toronto that uh, you think people visiting must visit? Evergreen Brickworks. And um, what was your very first job? Working in the meat department at Loblaws. Cool. For any entrepreneur that uh, is thinking about doing what you're doing right now, what are the first steps they should take? Just jump into it. I, I, just as a brief elaboration on that, I think it's uh, I think a lot of people um, overanalyze and they psych themselves out. And for me. When I was first getting into it, uh, I ran that risk, and then I just 
just decided to get right into it. And the worst that could have happened it would have been failure. And uh, that would have been a, le- a good learning experience. I think there's a lot of people who psych themselves out. And the best way to do it is just do it. And do you have any general advice that you would give to other couple founders? Don't try to separate, have a hard line between work and family. I, I think that the most successful people that I've seen um, are those that have created a great balance and a great uh, integration between those two. And hopefully the two of them, uh, those two aspects, family and work, are equally exciting and that you can merge the two into into um, a, a really happy life. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for hosting us. It was great to finally come see the Right Sleeve office and get to check out the Common Skew offices. Uh, they're really cool spots. Um, and it was great to see everyone again. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. This yeah. was a lot of fun. No, it was great. Thank you for answering all of our questions and having a lot of insightful information for everyone listening. We wanted to thank you so much for coming in. We had such a great time interviewing you for Floater Founder. And thank you so much to our listeners. We are so excited to share more founder stories with you. Until Until next time. time.